0: Welcome to the Harley Rabbit. I'm Harley, your hostess for the evening. Can I take your coat? Thank you. Please follow me. Sit down, please. It's a little loud in here, isn't it? That's better. It's so fun to explore your kinks. You can learn so much about yourself. And that's why Slade and I built this place. It's kind of like a virtual secret cinema, where you get to experience all kinds of BDSM fantasies, all from the privacy of your own headphones. So let's talk about you. What fantasies would you like to experience here? Many of our members don't know what they like yet, and they use our fantasies to learn about what works for them. Other members come here to experience something they probably wouldn't want to happen in real life, like an abduction fantasy, for example. If I have piqued your curiosity, then please pay us a visit. You can listen to some of our fantasies for free, or you can use the code INTOIT at the checkout and get 25% off any paid fantasy of your choice. Find us at harleyrabbit.com. And let's see where the rabbit hole takes you. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. Hey, hey, friends, it is Harley Rabbit here back with another episode of Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. Before I jump into this week's topic, I wanted to have a quick follow up chat from last week's episode. Um, if you remembered that one, I talked to you guys about self-esteem and social media and fet life and to be honest with you guys, I wasn't even sure how that episode was going to land. I wasn't sure if anyone would really be that interested in that topic. Turns out I was totally wrong about that. I actually had a lot of people come back and message me and say that that really resonated with them. Um, and they told me a lot of their thoughts about their experience with Life. And it seems like I'm not the only one here, even though we all love Life and it's really important to us. And it's really helpful for us in, in accessing this community. It seems like a lot of people feel the same in that it can be a place of comparing yourself to other people all the time and feeling like you're missing out or feeling like other people are having much more exciting kinky lives. Um, So I, I really just wanted to point out that this seems to be something that everyone experiences, or at least most people experience. So you're not alone. I'm not alone. That's the good news. In my chats about this topic with people, I had a couple of extra points come up that I wanted to mention today before we jump into this week's topic. And the first one was about people on FetLife have, like that. some of us use the platform and we try and be present ourselves as authentically as we can. And that's kind of how I approach it. I'm, I'm trying to be me and just put across, you know, this side of myself, my kinky side. But at the end of the day, it's me in my profile. And as we know, that's not particularly a very realistic representation of who I am in real life. It's like my the version of me that I want to present to the world, uh, a very edited version of me. But at the end of the day, I am trying to be myself. And when I did last week's episode, I kind of assumed that that's what everyone's kind of trying to do. That's what we're all doing on social media. But as I had pointed out to me, FetLife is kind of special in that some people are on FetLife and the point in using that that platform is that they're not themselves. They're putting across a very deliberate persona. So for example, you know, someone might be John the accountant that has a family and is the super nice family guy. But on FetLife, say he's got this massive CNC kink and he likes to put across this kidnapper persona and he's really dark and scary and he has knives and masks and a creepy playroom, I don't know. But maybe for him FetLife is expressing that side of his personality. Now, this is just an example I made up, but it made me realize that for a lot of people, life isn't about being authentic. It's about putting across a very deliberate persona. So this adds an extra layer of, um, how would you say, like, it's it's not reality at all. And it's not meant to be reality. And that's part of the fun. I just thought that was a really interesting thing to reflect on that I didn't cover last week. Now, I don't know about you guys listening, but... What is it like for you? Are you trying to put across uh, an authentic version of yourself or who you are in real life? Or are you trying to put across a deliberate persona? I think that's something that's really important to keep in mind when we're on Life, to really understand that this isn't reality. And sometimes it's very deliberate fiction as well. A little fun game that I've been playing since having that chat is I've been seeing these, like, because I follow a lot of really scary kinksters because you know you guys know I've got this massive CNC kink, so that's really fun for me. But, you know, I can just sometimes have a little thought in my head of, like, I wonder what this guy's like in real life. Is he, like, what does he do for a living? Does he work at the bank? Is he a, I don't know, a baker? <laughs> I mentioned in um, one of the early episodes, I think it was, like, episode two, um, that I have... I love the fact that I have friends, like people that I see in person on a regular basis, and I actually have no idea what they do for a living or anything about their vanilla life, and that's part of the fun of kink. When I was doing last week's episode, I was really comparing FetLife to Facebook or any other form of social media, but I'm I'm realising now that there's a lot more to it than that. So it still has those same problems of FOMO and upward comparison and all those things that we talked about last week but there's this extra layer of complexity. And I think the best thing we can do to combat those negative side effects is to just really keep that in mind and make sure we know when we're using it, that, that this isn't reality. Um, I think a helpful way to look at it is to think of it as like a, a trophy room of your fellow kinksters. So these are all the highlights and the, the, the big achievements of all these amazing kinky people that you follow. And when I view it through that lens, suddenly it becomes a, a really inspirational place, a place of wanting to support and encourage each other rather than a place that I feel like I need to compete with everybody else. Does that make sense? All right. That's all I wanted to say on the FetLife social media topic. Um, so I will, I will move on to what I wanted to share with you guys on, in this week's episode, and I'm super excited about this because it's actually really fun and exciting. And speaking of inspiration, I'm hoping that this is going to give you guys some inspiration in your kinky lives. So today's topic is all about goal setting. And that might sound super geeky and boring. I'm definitely, I'm quite big on goal setting and have been known to to have lots of smart goals and journals and all those things that are kind of not very cool, but whatever. Goal setting is uh, as much as like, if you think it's cool or if you think it's super lame, it's actually really important, especially when we're talking about this topic of FOMO or or feeling like your life isn't as fun and exciting and kinky as other people's. I think a lot of where that feeling comes from is that you're kind of disappointed in yourself that you haven't made stuff happen. And a lot of the time, that's not your fault. Let me just say this. like, there, As I mentioned last week, there's a lot of barriers to us achieving our kink goals. And that can be, you know, from a um, just not knowing the right people. It can be through um, needing to preserve your privacy. It can be locational. Like if you're not in amongst a big thriving kink community, there's limited opportunities. Um, another one that came up in conversation this week was financial. Like that's a huge huge part of it if you need to buy gear like kink gear is expensive um, or if you're if you need to travel to go to events and stuff like how much are plane tickets and and if you've got a family or um, responsibilities and you can't take time away from that that can be tricky so lots and lots of barriers there um, and I don't want to use these as an excuses but I want you to think of them as Legitimate reasons that these making these things happen is challenging. Like it, it's not your fault. <laughs> um, but even though we have all those challenges in our way, we we have two choices. We can either say, "Yes, I really want to make these fantasies a reality," but this this and this mean it's too hard. It's never going to happen. And if you take that attitude, it won't happen. Or you can look at it and say yes, this, this, and this, are going to make it really hard, but I'm going to work out how to make it happen anyway. I'm going to work out a plan that's going to be realistic and achievable, um, and I'm putting everything I have into this because it's really important to me to make my fantasies a reality. I want to have these experiences. For me, like I want to get to like the end of my life when I'm 80 or 90 years old and look back and be like, fuck yeah, I did all those awesome, crazy things. I don't want to be sitting there thinking, I never got to experience that. The most important step with goal setting is to, I think, is to have a really strong visual picture of what achieving that goal looks like and feels like. You want to be able to have an image in your mind that every time you think about it, it makes you excited because that's going to give you the motivation to make it happen. Now, in order to hopefully create good content for you guys and hopefully inspire you to have your own kink journey. I thought it would be really helpful if I did this alongside you, or at least I set an example for you. So I've chosen a kink goal. Um, It's pretty big and scary um, and it's going to, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to involve a bit of work and planning and money, Um, but I'm going to make it happen and I'm really excited about it. So, I'm going to talk you through this process of me working on this goal. It's going to happen over a course of a few months. So you'll get some updates um, through like across a number of different episodes. And hopefully by following along with my journey, you'll start to feel excited and um, inspired to achieve whatever your kink goals are. They, They don't have to be the same as mine, but hopefully by following along that process, you're going to feel like, you know, it, it, it's demystified. You'll see that I'm just a real person. I don't have all this amazing confidence and unlimited resources. So if I can make it happen and be real about it, um, hopefully you can feel empowered to do the same. That's, that's my goal anyway, speaking of goals. Okay. So my big exciting goal is to do some self-suspension, shibari suspension. Now, this is something I've been wanting to do since I first had ropes tied on me two years ago. I love the idea of suspension. And I think I mentioned last week that this I've noticed has been a bit of a source of FOMO when I've been on FET and there's so many amazing images of these awesome bunnies and riggers, and they're just doing all these crazy cool suspensions. One thing I've realized I'm really excited about is doing outdoor suspensions. So hanging from trees it just looks so beautiful and free. Um, and it actually reminds me of my childhood a bit when I, so I grew up on a farm in the bush in um, out, out of Melbourne and I used to love going around the property with a just a, I don't know, regular rope. And I would create little um, pulleys and swings and hoist myself up into trees. And it was probably super dangerous, um, but I was fortunate enough to not get hurt. It's probably cause I'm really like, I'm a chicken. I don't take a lot of risks, even as a kid. Like my sister, she was always climbing trees and breaking her arms and shit, but she was like gung ho. I was always like, mm, is this branch strong enough? Oh, this feels a bit high. Um, so maybe that served me well. Anyway, when I started seeing people doing all this rope suspension in trees, it really triggered those memories for me. And I just got really excited about it. Now. The, the problem with this goal that I have is that I, until, I don't know, a week ago, had never tied anything beyond my shoelaces. And even then, sometimes that was a challenge. So I'm not a rigger and I have no idea how to tie knots and especially fancy knots, um, let alone to be able to tie on myself and suspend myself. So... Um, I know that some of you listening might right now might be, if you've got experience in suspension, you might be just slightly a little bit nervous in listening to me with this goal because ropes involve a lot of risk and danger. And, um, I think a lot of people take a lot of risks with them. They get excited. They, they want to do things like suspension and they, they skip a lot of steps and can make mistakes and you can really hurt yourself. Um, so I promise you that I'm going to do this properly. I, you know, safety is very important to me and I don't like feeling like I'm in danger. Well, that is definitely not true. (laughs) I love feeling like I'm in danger, but when that danger is simulated, it's a, it's a role play. There's safe words, all that super love that. But in real life, if I feel like I'm going to, you know, if I'm hanging from a rope and I feel like it's going to. I'm going to slip and really hurt myself. I'm I'm not going to enjoy that experience at all. So safety and risk assessment is going to be a big part of this journey. Um, I will say that in my research, like researching how to do this, there is such a strong emphasis on safety. No, let me rephrase that. There is such a strong emphasis on danger. And what I mean by that is as soon as you want to look up how to tie, how to do anything to do with rope. You are bombarded with this, these warnings of do not do this at home. You need to have a proper instructor. Um, I I do not, even though they're doing tutorials, they're like, I do not endorse you doing this without um, proper instruction or whatever. And I think they're just trying to cover themselves, um, because it is a, a dangerous area of kinky play, but man, I'm so over that. Like, I get it. I get that it's dangerous. I get that you need to be careful, but a lot of times, like lately when I've been looking into it, it's almost got the better of me. It just feels like it's too hard or inaccessible. Like I don't have access to a shibari teacher. I've got some friends that do suspension and I'll definitely be chatting to them about it. But, you know, it just made me feel like regular old me isn't good enough to be able to do this. And, you know, just fuck that. Like, of course I can. I could do it when I was <laughs> when I was Um, sorry, my cat just walked in the room and scared the shit out of me. Um, Yes. Hello. Anyway. um, No one's meant to be home. So I was freaked out when I saw the door open. Then what was I talking about? Um, Yeah. Like I I was able to do some kind of self self suspension with ropes when I was nine years old. Admittedly, as I said before, probably not that safely, but I feel like I can do it right. If, If this, like there's so many people on FET that are doing this, Um, if I give myself the right amount of time, the right equipment and the right instruction, I don't think there's any reason why that this can't be achievable for me. So yeah, maybe that's step one for you guys. Like have a think right now, have a think right now, what your, like a big goal, kink goal would be for you. Like what is some experience that you know, you want to have something maybe you fantasize about regularly, something you daydream about regularly. I've talked um, a few times on this podcast about this idea of a fuck it list, which is your bucket list of kink stuff. And um, I think that's a really good place to start. That's where I started. I just wrote down a list of things that I wanted to try. And I think it was helpful. I separated that into things I want to try now and things that I would like to try in the future. So I was able to include stuff that I didn't quite feel ready to do yet. Um, And just getting all those things down was a really good first step. And it helped me identify that I think the self-suspension was one of the big ones and also something that I think I can do that's within my control. I think it's reachable. All right. So have a think about that. Maybe start with a bucket list. Think about what this goal is for you. Um, If you can't think of anything, that's fine. Um, I'm sure you'll, if you keep listening, you'll, you'll come up with something. Um, You don't have to come up with it today, but you know, step one is having that goal and then really visualising it. So feel yourself get excited. I want you to visualise it in detail. So for me, it is very much this image of being in ropes, hanging off a tree, um, and I want to get some pretty photos of that too. So there's probably a photographer there. Um, I'm, like, feeling like I did when I was a kid. I'm thinking about all those feelings of being in trees and outdoors. Um And also a part of that visualization for me is uploading those pictures to FET and be like, yes, fuck. Yeah. Look what I did. I feel so good and awesome about myself. I'm one of the cool kids now. I'm one of those people that I have been looking at for ages and thinking, I want to be like you. And now I am that person. That's the moment I want to have. That's my visualization. Next step is to set a date. Otherwise it won't happen. You don't set a date. It's always a someday goal. Someday I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But as you know, someday isn't a real day. Someday never comes. So you've got to set a date and be realistic about that because you don't want to set yourself up for failure. I think like my two favourite goal dates in the year is either my birthday because it's important to me. Like By the time I'm this age, I want to have done this. Um, And the other one is the – it's like – It's kind of like a backwards New Year's resolution. So instead of, you know, New Year's coming and being like, I'm setting this goal for New Year's, it's actually like, I want to have done this thing by the time New Year's comes around. So I can look back on this year and be like, fuck yeah, I did that thing this year. I'm so proud of myself. Can't wait for what next year is going to be like. Now, depending on when your birthday is and when, what time of the year it is when you're setting goals those two things mightn't be applicable, but they're a good place to start. It is also perfectly fine to just pick a random date, but write that shit down, make a commitment to yourself. In picking a date, you've probably got to have a bit of an idea of what's involved in achieving your goal. So for me, I had a big think about this and I'm still learning. Like um, it's hard to know how long things are going to take when you don't really know what's involved. But um, for me, I had to think about the steps. I think... First thing is I need to learn how to do like the foundations of shibari. I need to learn how to tie some knots. So I've already got started on that. I'm so proud of myself that I got, I did a Somerville bowline, which apparently is a very, um, like one of the safest single column ties. And I made up a little story to help me remember it because I think that's the thing I'm not very good with technical stuff. So remembering all the different twists and turns, when tying knots is really important. Um, Otherwise they might fall apart and that's not good. So I feel really confident with my Somerville bowline, if that's how you say it. And last night I did my first, it was like a simplified gravity boot. And so that's one that goes around your feet. And gravity boots from what I've read can be used in suspension, not the tie that I learned because I learned like a basic version of it, but you know, it's about setting some foundation so I can build on those skills. So step one for me, and this is going to take, you know, I don't know, at least two months or more for me to to learn those basic foundation skills in shibari. Um, The next thing I realized I need is some equipment. So I had a chat to one of my rope friends uh, yesterday, I don't know, the other day, and I learned um, about what equipment I will need for this. And it's kind of expensive, um, but achievable but I'm not gonna be able to afford it tomorrow. Um, so I've made a list of the things I need. So I need some very strong, good ropes and quite a few of them. You can't Apparently you can't just tie yourself up with one rope. <laughs> you need like eight of them or something. So lots of good ropes. Um, I need a some good carabiners and they need to be like climbing carabiners so they can take a, a good load. Um, and that might be enough to start with, but also a like one of those rings, I don't know what they're called, like a yeah, suspension ring, I don't know. The things that go at the top that you tie the ropes to, that is probably gonna be quite expensive. I think you can use carabiners to do the, the job that that thing does in the beginning, but um, which might get me by for a little while, but eventually I'll, I'll definitely need one of these rings and they look really cool. So of course I want one. <laughs> Um, and another thing that I I looked into that looks really good is a climbing strap, which is, um, just a little strap that you use to tie your ring or carabiner to the, the pole or the tree or whatever you're suspending from. So I've got some idea of what equipment I need. I've got some idea of what the price range is going to be. And that's probably, you know, if I'm, if I've learned all these foundation skills and I'm still really excited about this goal, I think that's the time to then invest in that equipment. Uh, phase three of my goal is as much as I really want to do this outside, I live in a unit and I don't have a backyard. Um, so I'm going to need to be able to practice this stuff before I go out and find, you know, like a location to do this. I need to be able to ideally practice at home. So the plan is to get a bit of a, uh, a home rig set up and that was like Pandora's box as well. So Slade and I actually had a good chat about this over the weekend and we went to Bunnings, which is, it's not a sex shop, but my brain thinks it's a sex shop. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. When I walk around Bunnings, and I know a lot of kinksters do this, you just see all these kinky things like equipment for kinky play and it's definitely not meant to be for that, but your imagination runs wild. Um, So we just got some... I don't know, just priced some stuff and had a look at what was available. Um, so we're investigating at the moment, three different ways of setting up a rig. Um, yeah, we're, we're looking at, I think for us, there's a lot of options for this, but for us, we were looking at doing like a, a permanent um, installation in our bedroom and we could either use a timber or steel for our beam um, and that I think will look awesome. And it'll look nice and neat as well. And um, yeah, but we'll have to do some research into what's like, you want to make sure this thing can support you and, you know, maybe 10 times you just to make sure you don't have any accidents. I don't know anything about structural timber or brackets or any of that stuff. So I'm going to have a chat to some of my tradie friends and, you know, do some research. And I can do that. That's, you know, it's information that I don't have right now, but I have some ways to get that information. Oh, little tip. If you're going to Bunnings to source stuff for a kinky project, unless you're super comfortable with your kinky lifestyle and you're happy to chat with the staff about what it's really for, I recommend having a cover story. (laughs) So we had this really awkward moment where we are looking at some timber and this lady comes over and she's like, oh, can I help you guys? And Slade's like, oh, no, we're just, we're just browsing. She's like, no worries. What's the project for? And then there was this awkward silence for like, I don't know, it felt like 30 seconds, but it probably, it, I don't know, it, it was probably much shorter than it felt in in our heads because in our heads we are both like, fuck, what do we call it? What do we call it? What do we say? <laughs> um, and I came up with, it's a swing. It's for a swing. That communicates we need it to be able to support a person. Um, but I didn't get there in time, and I think Slade just said, Oh, it's to hoist something with, <laughs> so um, yeah, my recommendation is go to Bunnings with a cover story in mind, get your story straight together so you avo- you can avoid some awkward moments. I actually think that, so I've heard a lot of the, the Bunnings staff are pretty cluey with this kind of stuff because a lot of kinksters go in there. Um, but I don't know. I don't know anyone that works at Bunnings. If if anyone that's listening works at Bunnings, I would love to have a chat with you. <laughs> um just to find out what your if that's true. Like, do you have any funny stories of like kinksters coming in and well, people being super awkward buying ropes and stuff? Um Yeah, I don't know if it's like one of those things where if you know, like if you're kinky you can you can spot it. But if you're vanilla and you don't know, it probably just goes over your head. Anyway, I'm getting way sidetracked. What was I talking about? Oh, side note, talking about getting sidetracked. This episode, I'm actually recording a bit differently than the last ones I have. Talking about all the the perfectionism and self-editing yourself, um, all that that I was talking about last week, kind of made me realise that I'm I still really struggle with that and I want this podcast to be as natural and real as possible. And what I'd found is that over a few like the last we up to 20 episodes, um, I had kind of gotten into this pattern of editing the shit out of it and wanting to say everything perfectly and get it all right. And the experience of recording it was becoming quite stressful. So this episode, I've told myself I'm not allowed to stop the recording at all. I'm not allowed to redo anything. If I make a mistake, I can cut it out. But I'm, I'm trying to get this all in one take as much as possible. Um, and hopefully that'll be more fun for me to deliver these episodes and more fun for you to listen to, because hopefully I sound a bit more real than like myself. That's the goal anyway. All right. I got sidetracked and we were talking about setting a date, mapping out the steps. Um, wait, did we talk about that yet? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> we're mapping out the steps, right? So this was the step three was to build a rig at home. Okay. Um, so that's where I'm up to with that. Um, I don't need my own rig at home for a while. Cause I'm not up to doing any suspension, um, for at least a couple of months until I feel like I'm, I can do that safely. Um, and I'm definitely, I'm going to start with some partial suspensions and just, just take it nice and slow. Um, as I do with anything in kink, just enjoy the journey. You know, often it's those early stages that are most, that are the most fun, Um, so you don't need to rush them, like celebrate those little steps forward. Right. So step four is the, like what I've been visualizing. That's my goal is to go and do a self suspension in a tree, get some cool photos, post them on FET and feel really good about myself. Um, I'm actually going out to, I've got a friend in, in Townsville where I live, who has some land. So I'm going out there after I finish recording this and maybe just scope out some trees on his property. And I think that'll help me get excited. He's super kink friendly. So um, he'll be excited to help me out with that. So fingers crossed there's some good trees there. Otherwise I might need to find somewhere else. But yeah, so there's, I've kind of looked at four steps for achieving this goal and, or four stages. Um, and in terms of setting a date, I think my, my end date to make this happen will be my next birthday, which will be April uh, next year. So that's like, what are we now? September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. So seven or eight months from now. I feel like that's plenty of time. Maybe I will discover differently along the way. It it might be way easier than I thought, or it might be, um, there might be more involved, but I think April sounds like a reasonable target to aim for. It's not so far away that it's like, ugh, that's forever away. Um, but it's not too soon and that I'm setting myself up for failure or will feel like I'm having to rush. Does that make sense? In order to help me stay on track for my goal, um, I wanted to set a another date for hopefully getting this rig installed in our, our place. Oh, I didn't even tell you the, the the other option we're investigating, which is a little bit more of a wild card. Um, but I've been watching a YouTube channel. It's called Bondage Tuition. I think. Um, I'll chuck a link to that in the show notes. Also, shout out to rope365.com. They've got some amazing tutorials as well. If anyone's interested in ropes, um, those are the two sources I've been looking at and I think they've been pretty good. But anyway, on bondagetuition.com, he's actually got, he uses scaffold in his space and we've got a pretty industrial kind of looking apartment. It's like, concrete walls and stuff and we both love the industrial look so I know having scaffold in your bedroom is definitely not everyone's cup of tea but for us it could work it could be really fun and it doesn't look like scaffold is that expensive and the beauty of it is that you can have it in like instead of just having one beam we could have two three or four beams going across um, and have this whole structure which would enable us to be a lot more creative in the ties that we do. So that could be really fun. Um, and it also means we don't have to drill anything into the walls or do any damage to the building and scaffold being scaffold is super strong. So something that's something else that we're investigating at the moment. Um, as you can tell, this early, early stages of this goal is a lot of research It's about figuring out the questions that you need answers to and then going out and finding those answers. Um, But yeah, it's exciting because I haven't come across any brick walls yet. You know, there's nothing that's like, no, you can't do this. This is impossible. It's not like this is going to cost $10,000 or this is only something you can do in America. You know, it depends what your goal is. Not that those are necessarily brick walls, but they're bigger challenges, I guess. But yeah, my... Um, I wanted to set like an in-between date for between now and April. It's like a milestone date um, for having that rigging installed and being ready to start doing some self-suspension, whether that's partial suspensions or whatever. Um, And I think, I think around New Year's might be ideal for that. So before the end of the year to have something installed in our bedroom that I can use to practice this stuff. I think both of those goals are pretty realistic. So I don't know how long I've been talking for, (laughs) actually, it looks like a while. Um, Hopefully that has been interesting for you guys, exciting, maybe inspiring, hopefully. Um, My plan is to keep going with this and give you the updates as I go through this journey. Um, And hopefully I'm going to get there by my next birthday a bit of accountability here too. So maybe that's something that's important, you know, tell someone that you've got this goal, um, hold yourself accountable for it. If you have any comments or maybe you have some experience in this and you can help me answer some of these questions, please reach out to me. I would absolutely love that. Um, yeah, at the moment I'm doing all the research stuff. So really keen to talk to, um, people who like other riggers and bunnies and, people who do suspension or even like tradies that might have a bit of an understanding in in what would be a, an affordable way to set up a home rig. Um, I don't know, maybe a, a like a, a tree person, like a, an arborist or something. Like if you know anything about maybe there's some trees that are more suited than others. Maybe there's a particular species of tree that's really dangerous to tie from. Um, I, I have some background in, um, I used to do, god in another life conservation and land management so i know enough to know when a tree is looking sick and maybe don't tie off one of those branches um but beyond that i don't have much experience in that area either so yeah if you've got any information that you think might be helpful for me if you want to if you want to hold yourself accountable and you've got a goal tell me i will hold you accountable i will check in with you and see how you're going with it um, I would love that. I'd love to have some kink buddies that are also making shit happen, making their, their fuck it list come to life. No more someday goals. All right. No, I've actually definitely got heaps of someday goals. Well, one goal at a time, but at least I'm being proactive about them. Um, cause like, yeah, I just kind of got sick of being unfet and feeling like everybody else is better than me. And I think, yeah, that was really what inspired last week's episode. Cause I was, it was starting to become a bit of a negative experience. So this way I can be on FET and be like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to screenshot that photo because I'm going to, yeah, that's something else I've been doing, talking about visualizing, like screenshotting stuff that inspires you and keeping it in a folder. So when I do have those skills to start doing suspensions, I can look back through all those images and look at all these amazing tires that I want to try out. Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling now. (laughs) I will leave it there. I hope you've enjoyed this episode um yeah till next time play safe have fun and i will talk to you soon bye turns out i'm into it into it, into it thanks for listening to turns out i'm into it if you've enjoyed this episode please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review this will help other people just like you to find this podcast if you have any comments or questions you can reach out to me on fetlife or through the harley rabbit website my name on Fet is Harley Rabbit, or one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink.